Welcome to Empire Building, where we talk about building a big business and even bigger life. I'm Seychelle Van Poole. I'm Via Williams. And I'm Sarah Reynolds. And I'm Wendy Papazan. And we are Empire Builders. Today, we're going to talk about building an empire when your world is falling apart. I just want to acknowledge that a lot of us are living and working with our spouses. We're trying to homeschool our children and woefully inadequate at it and trying to build an empire at the same time. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm exhausted and not really doing any of these things very well. So how are you guys finding time to make good business decisions when you've got kids, a husband, and just about a million Zooms to deal with every day? How do you even answer this, you guys? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought I thought this was going to be the part where um, we talk about how we found out which meetings were actually essential and which meetings weren't. But I actually think we have more meetings now than we did before. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, I, I wish I could tell you that I'm nailing this, but it this has been a real struggle working to keep um, any semblance of self and balance in the middle of also keeping your business moving forward. Well, Sarah, what are you doing to get white space? So right now with, of course, uh, th- three little ones and also a husband and a, and a big business, it's been hard. I'm diving into my white space. Sadly, after the kids go to bed is the only time that I'm having right now. And I'm, I'm able to get a lot done during that time, but it's definitely been a challenge to make sure that we have space for ourselves to think things through and plan and uh, go over that important time. What about you guys? Sarah, are you naturally a night person or is that having to be totally adapted for you? During this, it feels like I'm an all-day person. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That's totally fair. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, I am a natural night, night owl, but with uh, three small kids, they don't let you be... You got to get up in the morning. Um, yeah. And so right now, it's, it's a, a lot. Sarah, you are a total night animal because I'm on the West Coast, obviously, and you're on the East Coast. And I can rely on you to text into the hours of the night. And sometimes I forget you're three hours ahead. Yeah, I'm very impressed with you guys on that because I'm a morning person. So at 5 a.m., I'm like rocking and rolling on all cylinders. But come 9 o'clock at night, I'm, I'm done. Yeah, my brain is turned off. Yeah, we, yeah. Have a, we have a joke on our team because uh, my director of ops wakes up at 3. Oh. And so it's 24-hour uh, coverage <laughs> on, on the Reynolds team. Uh, and so, but no, it's been it's been a lot. Are you guys getting in white space for yourselves? Yeah, you know what I've done since this started? And I think it's a habit that's going to stick with me. And that is, I, I find that I'm building it into my day. And what, what started happening is all this information started just barraging me, right? At, at the mm-hmm. beginning of all of this, this COVID-19 stuff. And I started getting pressure from a lot of loud voices. You know what I mean? Like, like all, I mean, in my case, it's, it's 1,300 real estate agents and, you know, 15 of my ELT. It's just a whole bunch of voices. And so I've just kind of gotten really good at, at being calm and building in white space during these little mini crises within the crisis and and just you know telling everybody hey your emergency not my emergency and we can wait a few hours to be calm to get all of our information in for me to go take a walk outside where we make major decisions and major directives in the business right so i found i've done a lot better actually building it in and in, in like about my and and i can't pretend i was good at it before so there you know it's one of those things that's emerged for me I love that. I love that line. Your emergency is not my emergency. 
Mm-hmm. That's really good. I know, Wendy, you, you've encouraged us all that it's, this is a marathon, not a, not a sprint, and to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves and making sure that we have a personal energy plan for ourselves. What, what are some things that, that you're doing in terms of personal energy? Well, I think right now it's really important to keep our routines. And so for me, that morning routine is really important. And it's just the product, the productive person's like personal energy plan. And it comes from the millionaire real estate agent, which was co-authored by, you know, Gary Keller and and my husband. And then the the one thing, it's in there too. I think it's probably in a couple other books, but it's really just getting those energy sources in during the day. So getting your spiritual energy in in the morning, which is meditate or pray or whatever works for you. Getting your physical energy in, which is to eat right and exercise. And for me, honestly, exercise is the number one thing. If I'm not exercising right now, I'm I'm not doing well. And then get your emotional energy in, which is, you know, make sure you make sure you love on your family. You know, you're kind of stressed and and you know kind of in there with them but you know hug them kiss them love on your family every single morning and then you got your mental pl- energy which is planning and calendaring which it makes you feel like you're more in control and um, and then you've got your business energy which you know for most of us it's figuring out how to continue our business and keep the wheels on the bus so i'm curious how are you guys doing that though i mean at home like it's all in our so what what you just said Wendy I love but it's kind of compartmentalized right but now it feels like you know working out family home spiritual it's all in one place well for me it's always been in one place you know we have a we had a physical trainer that came to our house we didn't have to go out to the gym to exercise now we just zoom with her we've been doing that for actually for 4 weeks now where we just walk right down the hall and do all that and then of course you've got to You've got to love your family inside your home. And then, yeah, I mean, the business not going anywhere and having that kind of separation of church and state has been really hard. And so it's like, how do, how do you not just work all the time and have some kind of disconnect so that you can have some kind of you know, work-life counterbalance stuff? I think that um, one thing that we're experiencing is with Quinn being an only child, right? And being home and being six, uh, the attention span of that is like a 10-minute attention span of a six-year-old. And both of us, Nick and I both are still working. He runs a construction company and we still have our real estate company going. And so um, we're almost like ships passing in the night a little bit. And something that we're going to have to work on getting on the same page with is like calendaring out specific times. We just started again last week. Like I start my day at 5 a.m. and crank as hard as I can until 2. And then he picks up at 2 and runs until 7 or 8 or 9 o'clock at night with his business. And so we're, we're both working just odd hours so we can make sure our daughter's taken care of with Quinn. But we're we're really missing our time together. Like we used to yeah. have date nights every week. We were really good about protecting like our planning. We had like a lunch every Friday that we could plan like the next week. And that just totally got went off the rails, right? When everything started bleeding into each other. And so last weekend on Sunday was the first time in four weeks we actually sat down for 30 minutes, went through the meal plan, went through the calendar, and this week felt so much better having just even 30 minutes of that 
purposeful planning as a family back in the calendar. We'll work on the dates, but the rest of it at least helped. Well, and I love that. And we're recording these a month in advance, just so everybody knows this is going to be dropping in a month. So I feel like even though the situation is going to be the same in a month where a lot of us are going to still be sheltering in place, some of these like normative things that give us a cadence to our day are probably going to be... You know, I sort of feel like we're getting a little bit of a rhythm now. And yeah. I'm assuming that in three or four weeks, we're going to even be more there. What has helped helped me that's been good is like taking a little bit of a, of a lunch break and driving. And so getting out of the house and doing a quick uh, drive. Uh, George sometimes will come with me on the drive. And just to get a break of scenery, a break of what we're around. And um, that's been a big help of just breaking up the day a little bit. Well, speaking of which, that's what I was going to ask you, Sarah and Wendy. I know that over the last few nights as we, you know, we have chat going, you guys have all had date nights. So what what does that look like for you guys right now in quarantine? <laughs> well, it's funny because we we were deciding what to do on date night. And Jay said to me, he's like, well, why don't we go pick up Kirby Lane, which is our favorite little diner that's nearby. And we're trying to keep them in business. And I said, well, what, what else do you want to do? And he said, well, we could drive around the neighborhood. So we drove around the neighborhood for about 30 minutes. So we picked up our meal. And then we sat down and I you know, looked at him. Our kids are upstairs. You know, They know we're having date night. And uh, I said, so what's the highlight of your day? And he was like, well, that drive was pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> so that's quarantine date night for you. There you yeah. go. What about you, yeah. Sarah? You guys had date night last night, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, last night was super exciting. It was uh, Chipotle in the car. <laughs> um, so living big. Um, the night, the week before was nice because we did take out at a, re- a local family-run restaurant and uh, went to a picnic table in our neighborhood, and we just sat outside together. So they're shorter and obviously not as not as exciting, but I'm just thankful to still get that time, which is super special. Yeah, and I think even if you have young kids, you can go outside on your patio, right? You know, lock them inside with the iPad or something like that and hope they don't kill themselves in an hour. <laughs> well, they're already inside with the iPad. Let's be real. That's true. Yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> you know, this has, this has me thinking too. So, you know, all of us are, are married and have kids and relationships, but this also has me thinking though about if somebody lives alone right now, like we all have team members that work with us or work for us and 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 live by themselves, you know, what what are you guys doing to help make sure or what are you seeing them doing to help make sure that they're feeling connectivity and companionship? Because I think that that is really important during this time is still having a sense of belonging and connectedness. I know one thing we did like for Amber on our team who lives by herself, she had her birthday last weekend and all of her family um, was supposed to be coming into town and had to cancel their plans. And she's like the life of the party. And so she had to cancel her birthday party too. And so we had brunch and mimosas delivered and did a surprise Zoom uh, birthday party where we all called her in for a, a, a consultation that she thought she was having. And she popped on and it was actually brunch being delivered on Zoom to her, Aww. right? Aww, so it's cool. like, you know, I, I wonder if you guys have examples or, or other things that you're hearing of people that might live by themselves that are helping during this time. My, my team has, has there's a group that are single that live by themselves. Even before this, they all sort of 
gravitated to one another. Um, and it's cool because they're doing uh, nightly game nights on Zoom and uh, really supporting one another, which is, I think, really beautiful to see, to have those connections that uh, having team members that have are going through the same things they're going through, right? And us like young moms are helping each other learn different things that we're doing that works and really uh, all working together. So, but I, you know, I like the question say, and and the reason I like it is that you're kind of starting to pivot from, okay, we talked about like, what's it like to, to you know, build this big empire in the middle of all of this. Now, let's, if you switch to our teams, you know, I'm curious for you guys, how has this changed what you thought your year was going to look like. How has this changed your goals, your vision, and and everything you've been you thought you were building in your business, right? I mean, that's I think that's the the crux of this. How do you build this huge empire in the middle of my first pandemic anyway? You know, what's changed for you guys? Well, to be honest with you, I think some of you know last year was a pretty rough year for me. Yeah. Um, in fact, mm-hmm. last year at this time, my husband was in the hospital uh, with this with surgery and ended up um, staying there for a week when we thought he was going to be there for one day. And uh, just a lot of fallout on my real estate team. And honestly, this has has brought a brand new team together like mm-hmm. nobody's business. So if there's a if there's a shining light, right? And it's also really um, exposing how we communicate with each other and what that looks like on our team. And it's been um, personally exciting just to uh, you know kind of dig into um, what that looks like and um, you know how we're moving forward together. One of the affirmations that I'm sort of and and I've loved I've loved watching. You, Wendy, through this. And I remember when it all was going down, like I had the thought, like, this is the time to, like, a newer team that's built, like, rebuilding, like, this is, this could make for such unity. Um, and it's been really cool, cool to see. What, one of the things that I, I, I've been saying to myself every single morning is, the market's not going to dictate if we're going to be successful, it's going to dictate how we're going to be successful. And and I've been really, really leaning into that. I'm saying it every morning, and 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 I'm telling my team we're not we're not changing our uh, our goal, our mission for this year, which is to help 1,250 families. We're not changing that. We're changing how we're going to help 1,250 families, and and the timing of when we help them is going to be different, right? And so our market is pacing different than what we originally planned, but we are staying the course in terms of our big mission for the year that we outlined as, as a team. Oh, I love that. That reminds me of the Simon Sinek meeting that has just been amazing throughout this where, where he, you know, he's the basic premise is that it's not if we're going to survive this, it's how we're going to survive this. Cause I am just so excited about what this is forcing us to be. I, I'm so excited about what it's forcing me to be personally and also, you know, our companies. I, I, I wouldn't have wished this upon anybody. And our thoughts and prayers are constantly with the sick. However, it's really, you know, actually exciting from a business perspective if you view it that way. Well, and you know, I, I, I so agree with you, Via, because you think about it, it's very rare that an entire society goes through an event all at once. I mean, even in the Great Recession, right, of the last downturn, it went in waves, almost like rumbling through the country, and everybody was in a different place at a different time. And there's no denying, even if your city may be impacted less than another 
city or town, there's no denying that the entire world is going through something at almost the exact same time. And that that allows us to embrace change, that allows us to embrace new ideas and innovation at, at the same time and to fully move forward with that. And I'm really excited about what that's going to do for our businesses and what that's going to do for our industry, truly. Yes. And I'm curious how exactly you guys are doing it. I mean, do you have any you know, examples of, of what this looks like, right? As you guys lead your empires. Ultimately, people first, right? Their mm-hmm. mental health, their physical health, their well-being, helping with their mindset. I know that all of you have inspired me so much in terms of your leadership, in terms of focusing on our people. And I think coming together to focus on our people has been has been huge to see. And so making sure that we're putting our people first before we make any type of decision. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so true. And what are you guys doing? I mean, I'm assuming everyone's hopping on a Zoom in the morning. Yeah. And that's what we're doing. I mean, we used to... Oh, for sure. You know, it was nice. We always had that habit where we hopped on a phone call and we did our kind of our morning huddle, which used to be five to 10 minutes. And now it's like 45 minutes to an hour. And uh, for a lot of people, it's really the highlight of their day. No, I think it's super important. And I had one of my team members tell me that um, she just loves being a part of our team because you know her dad works for a company where her... You know, like literally his manager hasn't talked to him in three weeks. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's it, at the end of every one of our huddles, it used to be everybody would hop off. Like we've, we've used video conferencing for a long time because some of our uh, operations team has been remote for seven years. So we've used video conferencing and remote work for a long time, which was great. Uh, but now having the entire team so engaged and bought in on it, like, in and out throughout the day has been great. And what one of the cutest things they've done is after we finish huddle, normally we all would hop off and hang up the phone or hop off video. And our director of operations will say, and this is where we bow. And everyone on the screen will take a bow. <laughs> and then we stand back up and we keep going. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that is so awesome. You know what it's done for me? I mean, you know, all the Zooms, all the stuff you guys are talking about, but, but the real blessing it's done for me is it's just, made me cut out all of the noise, all of the unessential noise. We are so laser focused on only two things. And and like, I would like to tell you before this, I really would love to say, hey, I was such an amazing leader. I followed the thing. I was, you know, we were laser focused. And, and I don't think we were. Like, I think we thought we were, <laughs> but I really don't think we were because I now realize what it looks like to have two things on and that's it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think that's one of the, the many silver linings of this. And, and I think the same thing, you guys, with our families and our relationships, it just, nothing else really matters, right? Like it, it's just, it boils everything down to the essential. And I've, I've long held that, that you bond really closely with people who you go through intense experiences together that are bigger than yourselves. And I mean, talk about, talk about bonding, talk about, you know, a world pandemic. Yeah. And and I think one of the things that has been interesting to see with our people is that, you know, everyone is is going through it differently and their experiences differently and also their level of fear is different and what they fear might be different. And one of the things that's been important is to acknowledge that, right? And it's been good for me to see because I have a low sort of like fear tolerance of 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 this type of thing. But then a lot of people on my team have a very high 
fear tolerance. So one of the things that we did in the beginning was survey our team and have them rate themselves in terms of their fear and then explain why they're afraid. And that's been really helpful. And then it also showed just the big spectrum of differences with our people, right? And as leaders, our job is to acknowledge their fear and what they're going through is their reality. And so to to acknowledge that and to make sure that all of them feel cared about. Right. And, safe. And, and make sure, yeah, yes, and, and safe. safe. That's one of our most important jobs as a leader is to make our people feel safe. Yes. And if you think about it, you know, if you think about the DISC uh, personality task, 70% of the world is a high S. And the, the biggest characteristic of a high S is that they don't like change. And so there's a lot of people out there, you know, obviously right now it's been about three weeks that we've been sheltered in place. And there's a lot of people out there who are just finding their footing. And I know all of you guys have been pivoting and shifting and taking action, but there are really some people who are just finding that. And there honestly are going to be some people when this drops in four weeks who are just finding it then. And I think you're right. I think it's, I think as leaders, we have to make everyone feel safe and help them move forward, but that's going to be very different for everyone and their life circumstances. You know, we've got people on our team who are at home with three children, with a husband who works outside of the office. I was talking to a coaching client of mine this morning and she's got someone on our team who's living with her mother who's who's at home with hospice right now. And so just everyone's in a very different place. And so those of us that are leaders that have bandwidth and can, you know, kind of step up to the plate really need to we we need to do it, you know, and it's hard, but it really is our time to shine as empire builders. It is, you know, and I think about in Chinese that the symbol for crisis actually can can have two different meanings. It can have opportunity, but it can also have danger. And I think about that on a spectrum when you think about the word crisis. To some people, it means opportunity. For some people, it means extreme danger. And then for a lot of us, we're somewhere in the spectrum in between. And on a daily basis, that's where we need to meet our people, right? Where are you on the spectrum between opportunity and danger? And how can I help make you, to Wendy's beautiful point, feel safe to be able to move forward where we're not too far in one camp or the other. Yeah, really well said. So what what are some other ways um, that that you know that we can make people feel safe? Because Wendy, you touched on one of them. And to me, it's it's creating consistency in a routine and predictability in an unpredictable world and in a world that doesn't feel like it has a routine. I think sharing facts as we see them is important. So like making sure that we are letting them know that things have happened in our world like this, not not just like this, but like it, and that we've been through it. I remember I, I listed out all the things that have happened in the last 20 years. And my team said that that was really impactful for them because they could feel... that they remember those things and they could relate. Oh yeah, like we got through that, right? We are going to make make it through and we're and we're going to be safe at the end of, end of the day and then also making sure we're showing care and for their family right mm-hmm. um I, I checked in with all of my team members on their spouse's jobs and how are their spouse mm-hmm. doing because they're working with their spouse a lot and so i wanted to sort of get a uh, handle on how their spouse is doing in terms of their mindset as well as their career and that's a way to show care and for your team members is to really uh, be tapping into what's going on in their whole family. That's such a good point, right? The support of the spouse makes an entire difference on the success of your team member. Yeah, and as leaders, we have to constantly show them the bigger picture, which is really what you're talking about, Sarah, which is 
telling them, hey, this has happened before. Um, life is full of ups, ups and downs. That's life, right? Life is full of ups and downs. This feels like a big down and it has happened before and good things have come out of it. And so that's one of the wonderful things about being resilient human beings is that our species will carry on and um, we, will, we will find good things in it and just kind of sharing that that bigger picture because it's so easy easy to get into the micro you know especially when we're being inundated with the news and things like that yeah really well said you know you guys we were talking about building an empire when the world is falling apart and i can't imagine having anyone else in my tribe but you it's been a great episode and i just want to thank everybody for listening to empire building and if you like what you heard join the tribe by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Help us spread the word by leaving a rating and review. 